Hey, it's Fred Upton, and you're listening to The Morning Show with Johnny and Ken on 94.9 WSJM. Yeah. Hey, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> it's Fred Upton. Yeah, Fred Upton introducing the show, but uh, we need to then introduce We need to introduce him. Fred Upton. We'll, we'll get to him in a second, but... Uh, uh, what what's Fred here for? Familiar name, former member of Congress for Southwest Michigan, Fred Upton, has uh, been hanging out in New England this week, mm. New Hampshire, earlier, uh, talking about no labels. We've talked about no labels on the show before. It is the organization that wants to take a look at a, at a better way. They say if Joe Biden and Donald Trump are at the top of the ticket for presidential choices, they want to go a different direction. And so we've got Fred Upton to talk with us on the phone about that this morning. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Good morning. It sounds like a, a nice day uh, back <laughs> yeah. home. I'll be back later in the week. Uh, I combined this with a visit to my daughter and, my, and two grandkids. So, as I might have mentioned a little bit earlier, I've got a slip and slide for my three-year-old. <laughs> oh my so gosh. it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> that seems incredibly dangerous. Do be careful. Slip and slide. I mean, right. Summer fun. Are we're you going to do the we're first? Gonna... Go ahead. Wait. We're going to do it in the backyard so there's okay. no witnesses. <laughs> are you, are you going to get the first test run in? Uh, I think I have to. I got yeah, to show them to. how yeah. it works. Safety right? first, right? <laughs> so, see how the water's warm or cold. Talking about no labels, if you want to know what no labels is, you can visit their website. And the first thing that struck me was their quote, had enough of the angriest voices dominating our politics, join our movement where every voice counts. Fred Upton, you're deeply involved in no labels. Tell us what's happening in New Hampshire this week. Two things. You had a town hall and you released some common sense principles. Well, we actually had a couple of town halls, very well attended, overflow crowd. In fact, we had four overflow rooms that were absolutely filled. Uh, C-SPAN was there. They're airing it today and tomorrow. I don't know what time, but people can watch that. But you can go, I think, to the website, nolabels.org, and, and see it. But we had a lengthy fireside chat with a reporter from Scripps asking Joe Manchin, a Democrat senator from West Virginia, and John Huntsman, former Republican governor from Utah and ambassador under both Republicans and Democrats to Russia and China. And a whole series of questions, not only from the audience, there are probably a couple hundred people there, uh, but as well as uh, by the press. I think they had about 30 different TV cameras uh, there. All the networks were there, the top political operatives uh, from Bob Costas from CBS and, and others uh, were all there uh, asking candidates. But a couple, couple different things. We're well on our way to getting on all 50 states' ballots. Uh, we just got on Utah's ballot uh, uh, a week ago, and we're planning to be on all 50 states uh, by sometime early next year. We've got a national convention scheduled for April. But the bottom line is this. People have had enough. I mean, and it looks it sure looks like... Trump and Biden are going to be the respective party nominees. It's it's, it's almost like a, a, the cake is baked. It, it's done. I mean, you saw here in Michigan, every member of the Republican delegation has already endorsed Trump in the primary. Biden ch uh, changed the rules so that he's got uh, South Carolina, one of the early states. New Hampshire is an early state. But he's got good people as, as co-chairs, significant Democrats. Uh, our governor, the governor of Illinois, Governor of California, they're all co-chairs of his campaign. Uh, he's raised a lot of money. It seems like it's over. <laughs> uh, and uh, But the American public, two-thirds of them say, 
you know, enough. We, we don't need this. We're tired of the gridlock, tired of the partisanship. We want to get things done. And so yesterday we released what we call common sense principles of where we stand uh, on 30 different issues from immigration to the national debt to support for our law enforcement, national defense, etc. You can, again, find that on the, the website. It's published as well. But we plan to have a Republican nominee for president and a Democratic nominee for vice president. And uh, the, the interest in New Hampshire was overwhelming in, in terms of what we're, we're trying to do. Now, you got to imagine the uh, DNC and the RNC, respective national parties, they're not very happy with us. No, <laughs> they, no. One of the ways... They like the game, <laughs> yeah, one... like the, game the way that it is. Right. Uh, they're very fearful of, of what, we're, what we're trying to do and, and might knock their, their candidate out. But, you know, there's a pathway here for 270 electoral votes, and we're, we're just starting. It's, it's, it was exciting yesterday. It, it sounds exciting. And the way that we, we know that you're picking up some steam is there are groups... Uh, I think Dick Gephardt uh, launched what he calls a bipartisan uh, anti-no-labels group uh, that says you're just going to be a spoiler. You're just mm -hmm. going to take votes away from Joe Biden, give them to Donald Trump, and assure another Trump presidency. What do you respond? How, how do you respond to that? Well, it's very easy for me because, you know, as you know, I was one of the Republicans that voted to impeach Trump. Right. So the last thing I want to do is have him return to the office. Uh, so... Uh, and, and there are others uh, like me that are on, on the same page. So we think, and, you know, Ross Perot was able to get on all 30 states. We want to give voters a choice. Uh, and we think that this particular choice, knowing that nearly half, the, actually more than half the country identifies themselves as independents and not associated with either the Republican or Democratic Party, uh, when two-thirds of the American public says, we don't want a rematch, and we produce an alternative that's bipartisan. Uh, we show that we can get a we take from both sides, uh, as Ross Perot did. You know, Ross Perot got twenty, nearly twenty percent of the vote thirty years ago. He got on all fifty states. So we think that there's a pathway there. It's early, and if it's uh, not a Trump Biden rematch, uh, we don't have to go forward. We have until August of twenty four to actually pull back on a, on a national ticket, but. We're moving forward on this, and uh, huge interest, uh, particularly here in, in New England. Now, for, for, for those who aren't aware of the power of the political machines of the Republican and Democrat national parties, I mean, you, you probably face some serious obstacles between, getting, between now and getting your candidate on, on the tickets across all the states. How, how are you going to work through some of those obstacles? I mean, you're talking about fundraising. You're talking about political mm -hmm. parties standing in the way. You're talking about signature challenges. What, I mean, are you organized enough? How many states are you on so far on the ballot? Yeah, so we're on a handful of states already. Uh, Utah is a pretty big state, uh, and we're in play in about two dozen others where we're circulating signatures now. Uh, Maine is a state that requires, as an example, 5,000 signatures. We've submitted 6,500 um, that are all valid. The signatures have been matched by the local county clerks. So we expect that to happen. But, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the litigators are after us, um, but we want to be treated the same way as the Green Party or the Right to Life Party, which is on the ballot in New York State. 
the taxpayer party here in Michigan. Uh, you know, the rules are different in every state, and we're planning to dot all the I's and cross the T's. And, and you know, some of the states you can't even start until early next year, until right. January. Some states require that you actually have to already name the president and the vice president uh, uh, candidates. So, and that's not going to be done until, I mean, we'll have a pretty good idea, I think, sometime this fall of who they'll be. But we'll wait till Super Tuesday, which is in March, uh, to figure out exactly how it's going to go. And, you know, we've got a national convention, though it'd be fully transparent, a lot of, a lot of voter interest. We've polled tens of thousands of people to actually come up with this common sense document in terms of where people stand, in terms of what they care about. And it's exciting. I mean, this is a real groundswell, and it's, you know, time to tell the national parties, you know, you've, you've not done real well, uh, and we don't, you know, for you name the reason, uh, we don't really want to see a rematch of what we saw in 2020. We're talking with Fred Upton about the uh, No Labels and the progress that's going on right now, nolabels.org, to get a lot more of that information. But, Fred, what's the uh, – so say, you know, once we get to November of next year, you get somebody on the ballot and they lose. Does the No Labels continue even throughout that and continue to grow and you look at ways of having more No Labels uh, people in – you know, the House and the Senate and really gain momentum even more into looking at even 2028? What's the long game here? Well, you know, No Labels is not a new organization. It's been around since about 2010. Yeah, uh, It was founded by uh, two governors, uh, then Democrat Governor uh, Joe Manchin from West Virginia and Republican Governor John Huntsman from Utah. Uh, it's been a bipartisan, bicameral group focused on issues. Uh, I worked with them closely for mm-hmm. my last uh, four or five years in the in the House. Uh, you'll remember, of course, that I was a vice chair of the Bipartisan Problem Solvers Caucus, uh, which was just a House caucus, 60 members, equally divided Republicans and Democrats. We were the ones that got the infrastructure bill. Great news here in Berrien County about broadband. Guess where that came from? The infrastructure bill <laughs> that we passed in the House. Uh, two years ago, uh, the detractors of, of me sort of forget that when they when they hear this really good news of what's finally coming here to Berrien or the completion of 31 and, you know, all the good things that we did, uh, the water treatment, and uh, et cetera. But that's another subject for another day. But, sure. you know, the CHIPS bill, uh, getting rid of the, the debt ceiling or, or resolving the debt ceiling so we didn't have a default, all of that was a no-labels, problem-solvers caucus uh, agenda initiative, and we prevailed, thank, thank goodness. So we worked with no-labels. I mean, the, at this point, um, they'll, I mean, they'll continue to certainly to be involved in issues. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in November. Frankly, we'd probably prefer not to run a presidential uh, ticket because uh, maybe you wouldn't have Trump and Biden at each other. Uh, or maybe they'd, they'd embrace some of these uh, principles that we released yesterday in our Common Sense pu- uh, publication. Talking a little bit about the decision to uh, field a Republican president and Democrat vice president, did I, did I hear you correctly? When no labels fields a candidate, it's going to be that in mm-hmm. that order? Yeah, it, that's likely to be the order. How did, um, how did that come about? What was the discussion behind the scenes there? Well, it's... Um, um, you know, I, that, that's you what can tell us. People see, yeah, <laughs> people, well, it was, I think that's what we resolved would be the, the best winning message if, okay. if you had that. 
and but you know, no we're, rock, we're paper, have, scissors, it's or not anything? a done deed yet. I mean, it's uh, you know, there's going to be a process that'll be the next thing that we would start working on in the next okay. number of weeks is to actually devise the uh, the the blueprint for how we're going to select uh, the two, and and you know, they're going to, and it, it you know. And once that's done, then they will run their the presidential campaign. I mean, we'll we'll step back. We'll help get them on the ballot. But okay. you know, they'll they'll comply with all the federal election commission reports and you know, rate funding raising and, and all of that. So uh, we're just the, the first step forward here. Fred, one of the one of the things that Johnny and I were talking about off the air before this interview was okay. Who does this? Who does this help more? Who does this hurt more? Mm-hmm. And does it come down to? I mean, it doesn't seem as if the Republican Party will will move at all. It doesn't seem like Trump really listens to outside groups to before he comes to a, a statement of, of public policy. <laughs> yeah. uh, but on the on the Democrat side, could this could this bring the pressure on the Democrat Party to, to say? Mr. President, uh, it's time. Yeah, it. I mean, it's that's all conjecture. I mean, it, it could. And frankly, I think that a lot of folks uh, four years ago thought that Biden, with his age, might just run once. You know, he would try to fix the problems and work in a bipartisan manner and, you know, pass the baton. But that's not happened. And, you know, as you look at today, July 18th, it sure appears that both of them have the an unsurmountable lead in in terms of where they are. I mean, uh, for Biden, he's got some minor irritation with with Kennedy, but uh, there's a lot of baggage there. And, you know, again, he's got all the endorsements, uh, all the big state players, as he has with our governor, Governor Whitmer. Uh, And on the Republican side, you know, I get about eight or ten emails from Trump every day. I'm on his list, and it's just amazing. I mean, he has a 60-point lead in in Tennessee, I mean, he's just out there uh, bashing uh, DeSantis. You, you look at the, again, you look at the congressional support in Florida. They have a pretty large Republican congressional delegation. Eighty-five uh, percent of them have already endorsed Trump over DeSantis. Mm-hmm. That tells you something. Yeah. Uh, here in Michigan, of course, all all of the Michigan members of Congress in our whole state party they've endorsed Trump uh, already as well. So. It's in essence over. <laughs> the fork is out, as they say. Right. Uh, it's it's over. The I mean, these are going to be the two nominees, and you know, the American public is like, are they going to participate? I mean, do they really think this is the best choice? Uh, many of us think it's not, and that's why there really is room for this third party. We'll see. If the, mm-hmm. if people have questions about what you stand for and how you're going to go about doing it, uh, you have a common sense pamphlet. You had uh, two town halls yesterday, so there's a lot of lot of good information on the internet on your website. What do we look for next? What's next on No Labels? You got a lot of work to do still. Well, there's going to be a, a number of town meetings around the country. Uh, I'll probably be going to some. I know that there's some out west and uh, some other places. I mean. You know, you got to remember the co-chairs of this, the national co-chairs. I mean, you got Joe Lieberman. I mean, he ran on the Democratic ticket. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I know him pretty well. He's on uh, one of my, the boards that I serve on now. Uh, and you have Ben Chavis. Ben Chavis was, you know, one of Dr. King's acolytes. He was there, you know, <laughs> for the I Have a Dream speech at the Lincoln Memorial. He was a key player in Dr. King's uh, movement. Uh, huge Democrat. And on the Republican side, you've got Larry Hogan, former governor of Illinois, of uh, Maryland, and Pat McGorry, a former Republican governor of 
North Carolina, uh, and you know we were all there yesterday, and it was very exciting. Ad, uh, Admiral Blair, uh, who is a National Security Advisor, I mean it's it's uh, it's a real strong team, and really focused on getting the country back on track, focusing on the debt uh, issues that continue to get punted down the road, like Social Security. Uh, climate change, man, <laughs> this is a week to talk about that, right? Yeah, right. And my huh? brother lives in Arizona. Oh, man. Uh, and, of course, we have the fires from, from Canada coming oh, yeah. down. Uh, I was on the Mitch Album show yesterday, and before I got on, they said, you know, what can we do to Canada? What sludge can we send their way after what, what they've done to us uh, oh, the last sure. couple of weeks? It was very polite so, pollution, though. Yeah, it was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get good sunsets, but that's about yeah, it, right? Yeah, right. You see the sun through the haze. No. Um, but in all seriousness, I mean, it, the country is yearning for bipartisanship, and that's why the Problem Solvers Caucus was was in, initiated. And you know, we got some real real issues uh, done that, thank goodness, happened. Uh, and we took on opposition. You know, President Trump opposed us on the. On the infrastructure bill, he said, wait till I'm back at 25. And we said, well, we didn't do anything in the four years you're there on infrastructure. Well, we can't wait. You know, chips bill, same thing. I mean, that money that we le- will leverage hundreds of billions of dollars of investment in jobs here in America and make us more competitive, with, particularly with, with China. And again, the argument was wait till 25. Well, this Congress wasn't going to, this Congress today wasn't going to do anything on chips. We barely got it passed, but thank goodness. It means, you know, for the auto industry, and when I saw Mary Barra, the CEO of GM, uh, last year, she gave me a bear hug and she said, thank God you saved the industry with, with getting the chips bill done. Remember we had, they could manu- produce all the cars, but they couldn't sell them because they were missing all the chips. So the parking lots were filled with oh, yeah. Ford 150s yep. and everything else because you know yeah. didn't didn't have the chips to run them. Uh, that, that's changed. And so good news uh, that what we did was had had a real uh, meaning in, in, in terms of jobs in the economy here in the country. And for Michigan, it was a savior, big time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Fred, we enjoy uh, hearing from you. Thank you for the time this morning and uh, appreciate you giving us more information on the no labels effort, what's happening in New Hampshire this week. Great. Look forward to seeing you guys around town. That's for sure. Definitely. Yeah, and we look forward to hearing uh, how the slip and slide goes later today. Yeah. yeah. As well. <laughs> no, no shoulder harness. That's the thing. <laughs> Boy, that at all costs. Yeah, absolutely.